Welcome to the A to Z Golfing Podcast presented by Am Golf Trips. Follow the entire 2023 season at amgolftrips.com and swagseries.com with Andy Sazan, our guest today, Adam Gardner, all the way from Minnesota. Adam, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. I literally, I think last year, Andy and I, you were the first person that I wrote down on my list of guests that I wanted to have on just because... I, at the time, I never got to spend like a lot of time with you. So I always wanted to like pick your brain on stuff like that was going on within brands or outside of it or within the community, uh, within the community and all that stuff. And now we've gotten to spend time through events. So this is pretty awesome for me to actually have you on now. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And Andy's very excited. I'm sure there will be a point in time where you go over his full menu for the upcoming weekend in Vegas that we're going to spend <laughs> together. Yes. So we got to find chicken parmesan somewhere. I, I the last two <laughs> trips I've been on, I haven't had it. So we got to find the chicken parm. There'll be plenty of Italian spots for you to find in Las Vegas. I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> Adam, you know, I think I met you in 2019. I'm pretty sure when I came in for the swag experience, and then I randomly one night on. Nick's birthday, I think I came by the shop to pick up a gold putter, but I kind of wanted to know from you, like, how did you get into the golf community, like the industry as a whole? Where did it start for you? Um, it started for me way back when I was in uh, high school, which was uh, many years ago. I had uh, friends in the golf team. I quote unquote joined the golf team as like a social atmosphere, knowing that uh, I would never make the golf team, but it got me out of something. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> Um, and then kind of, uh, just followed, just used it more for our social idea and, um, really kind of got into the, uh, collectible and putter interest during college. Uh, I had a couple friends that were on the, uh, university of Minnesota, uh, golf team. And, uh, I remember being at one of their places one time and seeing a, uh, Scotty Cameron putter and was like, man, that's pretty cool. And, uh, they're like, oh yeah, you know, it's like $300 and, you know, long story short, I was like, started kind of like putzing around on the internet, looking at different things and, uh, saw this idea of like these super cool putters and, uh, head covers, et cetera, that, uh, you could buy and, um, basically resell, uh, and make a few bucks. And so that's kind of what sparked my interest originally, as it does with most people that get into this collectible, uh, market and idea with golf equipment or whatever you may find. And, um, so yeah, I kind of did it through college for, uh, cat, you know, cash side money and, uh, it just got hooked and, uh, fast forward to like, uh, early two thousands, I started getting online a lot more and finding these different communities. And, uh, it was actually the first time I came across a, a website called, uh, the Cameron collector. And, uh, if you fast forward today, that's where Mr. Doug and I paths crossed the first time and actually where I met a screen name online called Venno199. And uh, that was Nick Venson. And uh, I didn't ever meet him in person until 2008, uh, but had talked to him online and bought a few things and could never really get to the upper echelon of, a Scotty Cam- of the Scotty Cameron world, but uh, did darn good on ha- maximizing as many accounts as I could during the time to... Uh, <laughs> to, to flip products so it kind of started with that i was like it was one of the guys that they didn't like on the pages that had you know four or five different accounts and i'd sign in to, you know i skip class in college and sign in and i have four screens going and I, I was it was i was fast and so uh kind of got hooked and um became buddies with nick uh, i met him for the first time in 2008 
at the PGA show in Orlando. I talked to my uh, now wife, but girlfriend at the time, uh, into going down to quote unquote a weekend in Orlando that we'd go to this, we would go to this show. And, uh, after the show, we'd find something to do. So we ended up like turning it into kind of like a go to Disney world as adults type of deal. And, uh, I walked in and Nick had left, uh, Scotty at the time and was now uh, working for, uh, Bob Benardi in Chicago. And it was kind of like the first collector event that, uh, the Bettinardi brand had put on and I was relatively new to that. And it was kind of like the only way you were going to get a tour putter was either at this show in the PGA show or, um, at his summer social, which was a party they had once a year. So I flew down there, went in, met Nick. And, uh, the funniest story is I've, t- I've told this story a hundred times to people is uh, I was Nick and another guy that's a good friend of mine, Jimmy source, who's now kind of ba- back into the swag community. Um, I had this putter that I liked and it was kind of like the old, uh, Faxon putter. Uh, so the Laguna, the Bettinardi was the BB five. And, uh, I remember calling Nick and I was like, man, this putter is fantastic. It's beautiful. And he's like, that's the ugliest putter made. I never liked it. I've never, it doesn't matter what brand it is. I won't sell you one of those. Go call, go call, uh, go call Jimmy source. I was like, wow. Okay, cool. So the first time I'm going to meet this guy, he won't sell me anything. This is going out. We're starting off with a bang, right? <laughs> So I fly down to Orlando and uh, get down there and there's all these guys and there's all these guys hovering the booth. And I was already late because I didn't have like the early access. I couldn't get in. And uh, all these guys that had been around even earlier than me had already known the ropes and whatever. So long story short, that was kind of the kickoff of it. And uh, I was hooked. I was in. I was buying, selling, flipping, collecting. And uh, the crazy part is I never really played golf. Um, I still. And it's interesting because I never really took up the game of golf, never really cared if I was good at golf, never practiced, never wanted to play golf. But I was hooked on the idea of buying and reselling golf equipment. And um, so uh, even to this day, I I didn't actually start taking lessons till almost a year ago. And it was actually after an event with you guys that I was like, you know what? I really like this idea of going to these things, being in the collector community, but I just can't suck anymore. And so I... uh, started taking lessons and like learning a swing and trying to figure out the whole game of golf. And I mean, there's some light at the end of the tunnel, but there's, it's a pretty dark tunnel. And, uh, <laughs> we're, hoping to, we're hoping to see some light at, uh, with the, with the game as we go on. So, uh, yeah, long story short, it kind of started back in the early two thousands, like I said, and I've just kind of been hooked ever since. And one thing that kind of stood with me as I progressed my relationship with Nick after he decided he would sell, start selling me some stuff back in the day. Um, he always told me, he's like, you know, you, you got to buy what you like. Don't, you know, don't ever get overly frustrated with it. You're never going to have it all. You know, we're going to always continue to keep having product available to sell. And like, at first I, I had a really hard time accepting that because I was so in the mode of flipping stuff that I needed it all. And um, that kind of like one day I just like that, I, I saw the light and I was like, you know what? He's probably right. Like, let's, let's hang out on this. And we just became buddies. And, you know, from there on, it was uh, you know, a, fr- a friendship formed. And then, uh, when he decided to start swag, he said, you know, I'd, I'd like you to come and, you know, if you want to work with me and do what I kind of did for Bob and Scotty, um, I think he'd be a good fit for it. Since you know, the community, you know, a lot of the guys in the community, you know, the, you know, you know, the putters, you know, the brand, you know, the idea of being a collector, et cetera. So that's kind of how I got my nod. Back, back, uh, to the beginning part of this, when you first started and something was like, I think you said $300. Now, 
I mean, I, I'm very new to the collecting world. I mean, swag golf is really the only thing that I've yeah. ever truly collected. So $300 back when you started to me sounds it was like big dough. it was big money. Big dough. It was actually, it was actually, and I can tell you the putter that caught my eyes. I don't, I'm going to butcher it, but it was a, it was a Scotty. Um, and it was early Terillium stuff, but it was actually, um, it had a, uh, it had must have had a PV some sort of a rainbow PVD ish finish, and it was it was actually if I think back at it today, the putter was horrendous looking today to me, but it was a mallet and it was kind of like a crescent moon had a big white flange line through it, but the finish on it I was hooked on the idea of like this oil can super cool um, PVD finish that it had on it, and um, and I remember going into uh, I want to say it was an Edwin Watts back in the day, and I think it was two ninety nine ninety nine or something, and. Uh, I talked my mom into helping me like, you know, give me some cash type of deal. Like let's, let's buy this thing. And then, um, I never used it and I learned a hard lesson with it because I left it in plastic and, uh, the humidity actually oxidized it and rusted it. And so, uh, I never, when I went to sell, when I, you know, when I went to sell it, it was already like not quite, a, it was new cause it still had the wrapper on the grip and all that. But, uh, yeah, it had rusted. And so, um, yeah, I mean, a few hundred bucks for a head cover was, I mean, big, big, big money back in the day. I remember the first time I saw a cover sell for a thousand dollars. I thought, you know, this is, this is insane. I mean, who would, who would, who's going to, who's going to get to this point? And I remember the first time I saw $2,000 and then, you know, by the time swag came around in the past couple of years, I've seen money that I never thought I'd see in the golf world in the collector space. At, at what point, at what point does it shock you? Like it, it, like does anything shock you that you see out there now that you see going, you know, crazy? I mean, let's, yeah. I, I've seen some of your comments about the booster and all that stuff. And you know, Andy is an advocate I mean, for the booster. Bruce is a love, hate of mine. And, um, I see, I secretly, I secretly love it because the community has, has really embraced it. And I think it's funny that guys, you know, have done so much with it. They've traveled with it. They've gamed them. They've thrown them in ponds. They've, you know, had a, had a ton of fun with it. And I feel like it's really brought the community together, which is at the end of the world, something that at the end of the day, I, something I really like to see is when, you know, people get excited to be together. Because I think when you're behind a computer and you're behind a keyboard all the time, you don't ever really get a full sense of who the people are you're talking to. You, you become buddies with them and, you know, with the, with the um, private messenger, et cetera, I think you have the, you, and now texting and everything, you have the ability to have the constant contact back and forth. You know, like when I first got into doing this, we were, we were on this archaic forum platform that there was a private message, but it was like almost like sending an email. It would, it, you would send it and then it could, you know, get lost in space or do whatever. And it would take forever to get back to you. Or you just posted it in the thread and you had to keep up with it. And like, you know, if you were on it all the time, you, you did a pretty good job at it, but you could lose, I mean, you could lose contact with people for days on it. Today, you have instant gratification, instant access to getting in contact with somebody to get, to, to get a trade done, a deal done, et cetera. Um, and I think that helps. I think that, you know, gives a sense of people, of, you know, they meet people in the community so that when they get to their first event or their first weekend golf, or they find someone that's local to them, it's almost like, you know, riding a bike, like you've been buddies for buddies for months. But um, to answer your question, I think that, yeah, I see something every day that surprises me. I mean, it's whether it's on a, 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 a game page, a for sale post, a thread that I get sent from somebody from an eBay listing or a private chat that someone has bought something. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, I never thought I'd see, I would see some of the numbers of the, the, the chase of the collectability that, um, 
you know, some of the, some of these guys and some of these covers have created. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So, you know, for everyone out there and, um, pretty sure anybody listening that has spoken with you, you kind of sort of handle the, the tour concierge services for swag golf, which is, which is really cool. I believe, you know, through the don't give a putt website, the community that when you were, um, in your early years and getting into the golf industry as compared to now, are there similarities? Are there differences? I mean, I feel like there's a ton of product right now or cause I don't really know from back in the day, but I have to assume there's way more now than there used to be. But community-wise, okay. So community-wise, community-wise, I feel a lot is the same. I mean, listen, I'm still friends with. I see guys at events today that I've that I've seen in Scotty Cameron world, that I've seen in the Betnardi world, that I've seen in the Swag world, that I know from the Lamb world, that I know from whatever world, right? And they've all. I feel like when you're in the golf space, you're you're just in one huge community. Whether or not you're you're brand specific, you're brand loyal, you're a fan you know, boy, an ambassador, whatever you may fall under flipper collector, whatever. I mean, we're all in it for this. We're all into the same passion of the golf club or the putter or the piece of metal in your pocket. That's what brings you together. Right. And that's what, that's what fuels the chase and fuels the fire in you to have the idea that you want This is a collectible to you. To some guys, it's, it's a product. Like it's a golf club. You're going to use the club. I mean, 40% of your round at least is used with your putter. I mean, you're, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, people got, people always say, Oh, it's an expensive club. It's you know three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, whatever it may be. I mean, from a salesman standpoint, or an argument, or from a from a club fitter, I mean, your putter really is your most important thing in your bag. I mean, you use it forty percent of the round is yeah. with your putter. I mean, a good day yes. for a good yeah. day for a pro is twenty two to twenty five putts is an amazing day. An amateur forty putts might be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's one thing that you have to look at and feel comfortable and be like this is it. Like this is what's going to sink a five footer. This is going to sink a 30 footer, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so, and then, I mean, the covers are just, are, I think are just the fun part of it. I mean, they're, they're what really brings, um, you know, the fun into it, whether you're a guy that wants to, um, to match his bag, you match your clothes, you have a, you know, paints your favorite color, whatever it may be, you know, that's kind of just the icing on the cake as they say. And, um, I mean, I've seen, like I said, I've seen guys that I just saw guys at an event that I've known for, 15 years I've, I've collected three different brands with them. And, um, you know, we're all, our, our common connection is Nick obviously, but, um, you know, they're guys that I could text and call, or I've been to some of their weddings. I've, you know, I know their, I know their kids well. Um, so it's much more than just like at this point now, an opportunity for me to sell them something. It's, you know, actually, you know, good friends. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing at least one event a year if we can make it. Um, and if it's not tied to a swag event, we try and still get together, uh, you know, on a weekend or something too, if we're around. As you touch base on it, that the fact that the putter is the most important club in the bag is a hundred percent true that I've neglected for half my life. I always thought, you know, you need a new driver to get that extra five yards. That's not going to make any difference because I can't get any closer to the hole or in the hole. So, I mean, the, the fact that, I think that the putter is completely overlooked for, for the majority of the round is, is something that people should upgrade that part of their game. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause you know, guys will, guys buy putters. I mean, there's guys that buy putters weekly there. You know, I mean, there, there's PGA superstore guys that go in every week and buy something new. Just like there's a guy that buys a new driver every week. There's guys that buy new irons every week. I mean, they're always looking for the arrow that's going to help them, you know, hit the bullseye or right. what it's, whatever it's going to be. Um, 
but there's something different about putters. I mean, I, I, I think that people really look at them as art too. I mean, not only does it have a function of a club that you use a ton in your bag, but once you kind of find your sweet spot, that one kind of just usually sticks around. Right. And then it's like the guys start collecting them for art or they start buying them for, you know, the idea of it, of uh, just having to have something new. They want something new. They're probably not going to use them. A lot of them, but um, they love to fill staff bags for them full of them. They like to put them on their wall. They like to look at them. They like to show their buddies to them. Um, I mean, there's nothing better or funnier in my opinion is the guy that, has his friend over that shows him a putter or I have friends over all the time that look at, you know, my putters or my covers or stuff I have around my house. And, you know, I have to explain to them what it is. And they're looking at me like I'm absolutely crazy. You know, <laughs> I think we all have those moments. It's funny. It's funny how many of those moments you can, how many of those, those people you can, you know, I, I, a lot of people leave my house with a head cover when they go home. There's a, there's a story to be told about going, you know, that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool cover. Or they text me a week later and go, man, I saw this on Instagram or I saw this from three years ago. I'm a huge Masters fan. Do you have that cover? No, I don't have it, but I'd probably find you one for like a thousand. And then, you know, they're like blown away of like, you know what it is. So it's uh, it's oh, yeah. Well, you've gotten the text messages from me about trying to get the Romanians all squared away. So they're uh, – absolutely. Yeah, I saw George. Just... I saw the, I saw some. I saw the bag and the USA covers and uh, action at PJ National. Oh yeah, he was. He was. So I shipped it down there. He was so upset that it didn't get down there the first day that we were in Naples. He's <laughs> like, I and his. I should have taken a photo of his old bag. It was horrendous. I was like, this guy from UPS needs to get here quick. <laughs> so that's funny. that's funny. Yeah. So you know, to go back a little bit to the community, and you're talking about how back in the day, the events were really where you guys would really all be in the same place at the same time. And now we have this, so, you know, social media is such a big part and text messaging and private messaging. I'm, I'm not familiar with how the socials are, but I know what we have been doing with the AGT events. And now the collector's event that was at Big Cedar, we did the first one at Hazeltine and now we're gearing up to go to Vegas, obviously. What have you seen from the first couple of events at Hazeltine and Big Cedar that might be similar or might be different to like the new era of sort of collecting and, and with swag and going forward in the future? Um, honestly, the coolest thing for me is seeing somebody go to their first get together with their first large group of people that are into the same thing they're into. I think a lot of guys and gals and people are in general – they look at a couple of things. They're either sticker shocked by what the price of a private big event can cost, or they're, they're shy to not show up because they're not a two handicap or they're shy to, they're not an out, they're not outgoing people behind the computers more, more comfortable for them. Um, but there's nothing better than seeing like when we at the big Cedar event. And I mean, Hazeltine last year was incredible. I mean, a hundred people together, first event we've ever done do a 50, 50 raffle, do, give away a ton of stuff. And guys, I mean, Everybody in that room just lost their mind. I mean, I think people were so excited. Then to follow it up with Big Cedar to go to somewhere that, you know, I'd kind of been on a bucket list for me just to see the resort um, and to see the, to see the different courses. And then, um, you know, you put 40 guys in a room and you hand them a bag that they don't know really, they don't really know what's in it, but they know it's going to be cool because it's swag, you know, it's, it's swag and we know they're going to, we're going to go above and beyond. And then, you know, watching everybody open something for the first time, it's like, it's truly like kids on Christmas. Right. And so it excites me just as much. And I know it excites Nick and excites the rest, everybody on the team. Like when we see like the final product go down of, um, you know, 
the bags open or the event kick off or, you know, um, in, in the event end. So, I mean, Vegas is going to be awesome to go to Vegas last year for Super Bowl. I had no idea how many people go and watch a game on TV. It, I was blown away by that. So now to have like an event there this year and, you know, you guys did an awesome job with it last year. You're helping us do it this year. And then to have, you know, the opportunity to play Shadow Creek is going to be killer. Um, and of course, I can't wait for the the swag to be seen again. Um, and so, um, you know, it's, 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 just, it's really cool. I, I think that, I think that the events I would tell anybody, whether you're a swag guy, uh, you know, any other brand that you're you know loyal to or something, get to events. There's, there's something about that from a community standpoint, don't be shy to go. Listen, everybody's had their first tea jitters. I mean, everybody's got at some point starts, it starts as a high handicap. Um, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter either. Cause you're kind of all there to have fun. You know, if you take the competition aspect out of it, um, which I think is, is good to do it as some of the, you know, at these events is that you're really there for it. You're really there for what should be a four hour round that when you're done on 18, you wish it was a six hour round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you really wish that you had nine more holes to go, or you had four more holes to go. Maybe the groove just hit, finally hit for you. You're now comfortable. Um, and always, I mean, I always tell people too, I mean, if you can make it work, extend it a day. I mean, most people can make one more day work because by day two, you don't want day one to end. You know what I mean? You're, you're yep. looking for the next excitement of a, of a trip. So that's why I, I'm super pumped for the series events. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. We're touching so many cool courses, great locations. Um, I'm going to be at seven of them, I believe. And um, so pretty excited for that. Um, might even try and, you know, partner up with some low handicappers and see if I can't get a, a free ticket punch to Big Cedar. Uh, I like that. It's funny. Like that. It's, 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 it's funny, you know, like we had a good run at Troy Byrne. I think we should maybe make a make a repeat there, Z, but you might be hard to get a, as a partner. Um, uh, you know what? You're gonna have the only one that I would say that we might have a chance is up in your neck of the woods because I think we can. I think we can let Rob run the show. But man, I'm gonna. I know, I'm right? Have to I know. Pull some I got strings. <laughs> I think I'm gonna try and play Olympia with a uh, with a with a surprise guest collector. So I, I I said that was a home game for Swag, so they can work that, and I'll I'll, I'll maybe try and get to play that. So, <laughs> really um, cool. but yeah, I, I'm I'm and then you know. PJ National was awesome this past two weeks ago, so uh, I look yeah. forward to the. I look forward to each and every one of these series events. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. I think guys will be excited to be at them, and you know the two man the two man team part of it is is always a good time because if one of you is on fire and the other one's just kind of struggling, you can still get around and have a great time. And you know they're being on a Monday, kind of sneak in maybe on a Saturday night, have a full day Sunday in a in a city, you know. Meet, yeah, meet I think, guys, the, I think the really good part about the swag, the swag series is the the three actual things that are going on. Like if you're somebody that really likes competition and you're going to pair up with somebody who's a, a zero or a plus handicap, you, you have a division you can go for. If you're a midline competition guy, you have a division that you can go for. And then because of the community aspect and because of people meeting from different parts of the United States, it's really cool that they'll have theirs. And then also, we're also going to be having competitions that will be geared towards everybody. So it's not like anybody could really be left out between right. putting contests and mystery bag contests and everything else going on with partnerships and sponsorships. There, it, it, like to your point, it might only take four hours, but you want it to last six hours. This might take Absolutely. five hours and, 
and then have the entire day to spend with everybody. I mean, who, you know, somebody that hasn't met you or somebody that hasn't met Andrew or Frankie or Carl or anybody else who's going to be going to events. And I think that's what has me most excited is, you know, we get to spend a good amount of time with a lot of the people over at Swag Golf and it's awesome. The down, down to earth people and for everybody in the community, like for us to take a step back at Big Cedar at Hazeltine and just try to display the brand for everybody and then let you all enjoy it with, you know, your community members is it's amazing for me. I'm sure it's amazing for Rob and Andy and Matt. Um, yeah. And I just, I can't wait for March 20th. Like I just, I'm chomping at the bit. I know it's gonna, <laughs> the, only, the only thing, it, the only thing it's going to do is make the year go really fast is the thing. I mean, it's, yeah. I keep looking at the, I keep looking at the calendar going, all right, you got Vegas coming up. Then you got like four weeks till March and it's, then it's just, it's on. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. Kicking it off at Torrey Pines is a pretty sweet spot to start the thing. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. And trust me, I mean, you and I and Andy already know that there's a spreadsheet document with 2024 on it. Rob is just hovering over it right now as as he's waiting to hear this. So Absolutely. Um, so, Adam, awesome to have you. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in a, a few days out in Las Vegas, and I'm sure we'll get some more content out there. Appreciate your time. I look forward to it, guys. Thanks for having Thanks, me on. Adam. Awesome to have Adam on. Thank you again, Adam. Um, I've been waiting that for that for a long time, Andy. Yeah. I and mean, we got a lot of insight. I didn't know all of his backstory about everything. So that's, you know, I've been talking with him for over well, a year and a half now. And I, I didn't know all that backstory that, you know, you just keep talking about things that you know about nowadays moving forward, but you never, never talk about the past on it. So I'm happy we got to that time with him to, to figure out and let everyone else know about him too. Well, it's, it's, yeah. And I mean, to your point, like I, we've started to spend some time with him and I've never actually been able to like truly sit down and have a conversation one-on-one right. -on -one with him. Right. I mean, it's always yeah. with a group of people and it's kind of like the next episode, we have Andrew Schmidt coming on. So it's kind of like the same thing, right? I mean, I right. just partnered with him at PGA national, but there's so many things going on that you yeah. never like get that like more like candid interview style information, which I thought, I thought was great. And I mean, I, you know, he, he kind of said when we got, uh, when we were talking a little bit, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to lay it out for him, but he got going and I loved it. It was like six, I seven minutes went by. I was like, keep going, Adam, just keep going. Yeah. I loved every part of it. Yeah. So, uh, Adam touched on it, um, earlier with all the stuff that's going to be going on, uh, this coming weekend in Las Vegas, there'll be tons of more information coming out about it. Everyone's going to be able to follow along on every social media platform, but we actually just got back from, uh, PGA national in West Palm beach. Congratulations I, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, the first win in 2023 might be my last time I play an event in 2023, it, but it, it could be, yeah, but I, and, I, just got, I just got I just got told I might have to pair up with somebody. So you got you got a possible opportunity. I think if you're gonna do it, the one might do it if he's going to Harbor Shore since that's tea times. No, nah, never mind. We need you on the tea box for it. Yeah, that one's gonna soon. be Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna do the tea box and then I'll probably run over to eighteen. But um yeah. but yeah, definitely don't uh Definitely don't want to do it. I had a great partner. Um, I had to explain to him what the gross division was. That was which pretty funny. Won. Which you won. Which which we won. Which it's explain to me, three explain days to me the gross division then, in case anyone else doesn't understand it. 
I, listen, I don't know what Andrew's handicap was going into it. Andrew Schmidt was my partner at PGA National. Um, but every single day that we played, uh, he was he was like, man, we're doing well in net. And I was like, well, we're one shot out of the lead in gross. But <laughs> to his credit, which he explained to me, when you haven't been in the gross division, which is just your score, right? There's no adjustment to handicap. There's no nothing. Um you don't really look at it. Like him and Frankie Ellingson yeah. won the net division last year at a series event at, um, gosh, I'm going to draw a blank, the Glen Club. The and Glenn, yep. so when you, when you are a, a mid to you know higher range handicap, you are only going to look at those scores because they translate yep. to what you're playing for. So we just kept going on and on and on and then, and then uh, made a couple birdies in the final round, uh, first hole and uh, almost had a hole in one on the seventh hole, which was pretty crazy. But, uh, no way. You know, it was a. Uh, I had one hop off the side of the flagstick and shot it like uh, <laughs> about four feet to the left. So, um, no, it, it was it was exciting. It was great. I was really blown away by the entirety of the resort. Um, mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of resorts. We've been to a lot of resorts lately. Um, I, the the secondary golf courses, I would call it, the resort courses, were well-maintained. Um, They're obviously not the championship course um, yeah. at PGA National where the Honda Classic is played, but they're well-kept. The green speeds are, are very consistent. They're manicured. They don't let them go. They have pride in their other golf courses, which I really liked, and their hospitality was great. Yeah, the the whole resort was amazing. You're You're there for everything. They do have the one course that's – a little bit off campus if you wanted to go to that one. But for what we needed and everything, there was no reason to leave the resort, you know, unless you wanted to go out for maybe a dinner or something like that somewhere else. But, um, yeah, I mean, we started – which one was the first course? The Fazio course we started with, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and then, and then that course was – we had a little bit of wind coming out that day, but it wasn't bad. Um, and the, and the, weather, the weather held up for us, and the weather got better each day. And each, each day I felt like the course got even better and better. Um, that championship course was something to see, like with those grandstands coming up the way you guys did. I mean, like, how did it feel coming down 18, seeing those grandstands there, you know, coming up to a finish, knowing that you're in contention for to possibly win something and, and to see, you know, just imagining all that around? Well, I mean, I, I think you enjoy the moments – as they come along, right? So, uh, for instance, uh, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, uh, but I'll be I'll be going to Arizona. Um, actually, this recording will come out at some point, but just to let you know, we're recording on a Monday. I'm leaving tomorrow to go to the waste <laughs> management. It's my first time. So, I, I guess the grandstands are really cool to look at. I mean, they, they really are Uh, to give you an idea and like, think about all those people watching every single movement that you're doing. And I mean, even as somebody who is a uh, zero handicap, I mean, not that you feel nervous because there's nobody in those seats, but you know, when you're playing in competition and you know that roughly you're within striking distance or one shot behind or one shot ahead, I mean, every single hole has its own magnification. Um, I went into the weekend, I couldn't hit a driver to save my life. I I don't know what is going on with the driver. And then we got (laughs) up on 18 and I hit the best drive that I've hit all year. Yes, it's been a short year, but I I did play golf for nine straight days in Florida. Um, (laughs) And then hit probably the best three wood that I've hit. And then, 
hit yeah. a great chip shot out of the green. And and with how the wind was, I mean, I, I really thought I had to make a birdie for us to probably win it outright by a couple shots, but um, in the end to win it by one. But I think it was the experience. I, I got to play with Andrew, but then we also had one of Andrew's really close friends, Drew Claire, in our group. And yeah. when we got to 15, when we got to 16, when we got to 17 – the 17th hole, it, I'm not, I can't compare it to 16 at, at um, Scottsdale, but it's massive. Like, if people yeah. don't understand, it is literally from behind you all the way down the one side. And now I know I've seen the aerials at TPC, and it's on both sides, and it's crazy. But I was really surprised with, like, how big the 17th hole grandstands were. Yeah. So how did you, fare, how did you and Andrew fare in the, in the bear trap? Um, let's see. Wow. I mean, I got to go back. So seven, 17, 17, I got to work backwards. 17 hit the green. Yeah. Um, two putted for par, uh, 16 hit it long left of the green chip down, tapped in. And then I think on 15, we used Andrew's tee shot. Nice. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he just covered the right-hand side, and he hit a great – actually, I thought he was going to make the putt. And it just came up like short and drifted off to the right, and he had a tap in for a three. So as a team, 3-4-3 three, three was really good. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, talking to talking to Rob and, I mean, uh, Brian Lofton, I think Brian birdied 15 and 17. Or no, maybe oh, Joe, no Joe Corsay birdied 15 and Brian birdied 17. So um, – Listen, the other thing, too, is at these events, we are not playing the 7,455 yards that the professionals play. But I can tell you that um, even from the tee boxes that we played, yes, you can hit an iron off of some of the par fours. But the second shots into the champions course were probably top three hardest second shot golf course I think I've ever I've played in my life. So, yeah. Well, no, I got to ask, what's what's above that? Um, I mean, really a lot of the courses that have elevated greens. So, you know, it's really, it's really hard to like pick, pick one out. Um, spyglass is definitely a second shot golf course. Um, that for more so because you have to work the golf ball, um, so hard. I mean, you you can't hit a fade in the four. I think it is. You have to hit a hook. Um, you know, there's a lot of the par fives that have the runoffs where you got to hit fades into them. There's a couple par threes where you, you got to hit like either like a little baby draw or straight ball. So, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely second shot golf course. We're going to, uh, we're going to see a hundred people, 90 people play shadow Creek shadow from the tips is extremely a second shot golf course. It is a placement. Every single shot is really placement. Now they don't have a lot of rough out there, so you can get away with a few things, but on those greens, the size of them, the complexity of them, the slope in them. So I don't know if I'd put those in there. I'd have to go through a laundry list of Chicago yeah. Golf Club is a second second shot golf course. But, um, but no, PJ well, National was great. We had a fun time out on the on the par three course at PJ National. Also, we did the the uh, closest to the the pin on every single hole, and uh, you got a mystery black box, uh, you know, gift for for what the prize was for everyone. I mean, everyone had a good time just taking one cl- one or two clubs out there, just hitting the closest two, moving on to the next, had the music blaring, you know, drinks yeah. flowing. It was, it was a great time. I think we had 18 people in one of the groups. Um, yeah. and then a few, few foursomes behind it. I know, uh, yeah. Adam, 
we didn't get a chance to talk about it. He played with Brian exclusively. They had a great time. So just another thing at events that we do, you know, uh, the reason why we want to get out on these short courses is because, you know, hey, we normally get to play in foursomes or threesomes yeah. uh, when we're at our, when we're out playing by ourselves or at these events, foursomes. It's a good time to get some music out there and just walk around with 16 people you don't know and and get to know people and and do some fun stuff outside the box and then everybody congregates on you know a green and we do a putting contest i mean that's uh, we've we've really laid it out over the last couple of years how we want to yeah. do things and i think that's the exciting part for 2023 with the shotguns which you know last year some of right. our best content came from elgin country club when we did a shotgun i'm looking forward to it it's going to be uh it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. We had one hole-in-one on the par-3 contest, too. Was the, the camera guy from Dialed Golf getting it in. He did. Uh, Rylan. Ry- yeah. Yeah, it gives me hope Shout for, out. My camera, for my camera gear to, to, to finally get a hole-in-one sometime on camera. Shout out to Dialed Golf for joining us down at PJ National. Their content is yeah. great. Uh, check them out. Uh, he also chopped his finger off the next day with uh, with the drone, so that was pretty funny. Uh, so from a hole in one, oh no! To well, no, he didn't completely chop his finger off. He get, yeah, he got, yeah, that's gonna get you. Oof! He got he got busted up pretty good. So, um, you know, Andy, we normally sign off with this. You'll sign off with this, but we've been doing these stories, and I I felt that going into Vegas, I had to tell my best Vegas story. Yeah. So I'm not gonna name names, but for anybody that's gonna hear this, just make up new um, names for it. That's if you if you look back through our website and find out who I played with at the first Super Bowl event, you'll be able to figure out who I'm talking about. But uh, uh, one of my dearest friends who I've met through the swag off world, we played together. And on the final day, I think we were two shots out of the lead and we were in the second to last group. We played with Ben Kilborn and Matt Inch. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner was a three or four handicap which I proceeded for the first like four holes to watch him hit these like smothered duck hooks <laughs> the whole time. Um, and I've told this story, so people are probably already laughing at it, but uh, we got to the fifth tee box and I believe it was a par three. And uh, he reached over and he was like, Hey, I just want to let you know. Um, yeah. I, I think I took way too many edibles before this round. <laughs> and uh, it basically summarized the first four holes um, the, the aimless walking around, the eating the snacks in the cart. We had probably the greatest time. Um, I did not partake, but just the fact that he told me five holes later and, uh, and got to spend the rest of the day with him uh, was probably one of the greatest stories that I will forever tell in the game of golf. Oh, that's great. Playing with somebody. Uh, we did not come close to winning. We did not make a comeback from two to three back. Um we, I think we shot like 75 as a team uh, between a plus one and a, and a four handicap. It was not a good day for us, but the most <laughs> fun I think time. I've ever had, most fun that I think I've ever had in a round of golf. And to summarize, like how a plus one and a, and a, we played with Ben Kilborn at the time. Ben was and still is very competitive. And here's yeah. these two boneheads over here just laughing <laughs> and having a good time. And he's over there trying to groom Matt Inch to hit a chip shot by his ball so he can see a putt. It was he had a lot of things going on, and it was it was oh, absolutely man. fantastic. It was a story I will. Inch is a remember. competitive guy too, but he's also more he he'll relax though a little bit a little bit quicker than than Ben will. 
A hundred percent. He relaxed. And yeah, I remember, I mean, I'll, I could tell stories from the entire round inch had like a 30 foot putt and Ben's mark was like literally five feet in front of it. And inch hit, hit this putt like 30 feet past. <laughs> and at the time Ben was putting for a par and inch who wasn't stroking on the hole was putting for a bogey. And I remember he hit it way past and Ben just a look on Ben's face <laughs> so then inch deliberately tried to hit it all the way back all the way back. to where he was <laughs> and at that point he's putting for a seven and as the as the competitor of in the group i was like dude it's good like i'm not gonna sit here and watch you give him another putt to look at so um in the grand scheme of things i think i think ben putted down and 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 missed and made a bogey but I, in yeah. the long run, I don't, I don't think it mattered. But it was just one of those fun experiences of watching somebody just back and forth, and you know, that's fun. Me and <laughs> were just laughing and having a good time. So that's my Vegas story. I'm sure there will be new stories to tell when we get Andrew Schmidt on for the next episode. So yeah, can't um, wait. Three looking, years in a row we've looking, been in Vegas for a Super Bowl. It's been fun. Be looking forward to it every year. It's going to be awesome. Last time we were there, and uh, Brian Lofton was there. He won a significant amount of money. So uh, yeah. On a square, he won third quarter, fourth quarter, and the that's game right. because nobody scored. So that's right. Uh, he was running around right. the whole place. He was out of breath when he was. He, he was. He the was facility. the biggest chief. The biggest Chiefs fan celebrating yeah. a Chiefs loss. I loved it. Yeah, loved it. So that's great. Andy, tell everybody where they can find us. Yeah, you can find us on uh, Instagram, A to Z Golfing Podcast, as well as AM Golf Trips. You can find us on Facebook at the AM Golf Trips private page and public page find us on twitter you can find us all over it's all gonna be right down here just follow one of those and we'll see you soon andy's got a master list so um everybody out there thank you for listening uh huge things coming up here on february 15th with the swag series see you soon